0: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
1: Welcome in. Overtime, 106.7 The Fan, the Team 980, Odyssey app. Toby Altizer with you up until 3 o'clock. Then we'll hand it over to the DOC, Rick Doc Walker. Got plenty to talk about today. Obviously got to talk plenty about... This football game coming up tomorrow in Denver. Commanders getting ready to take on the Denver Broncos. We'll talk about that plenty today. I want to talk about Chase Young. We'll talk about that coming up in just a couple of minutes. In the second hour of the show, I want to talk a little bit about different things going on around the NFL. Also want to talk some college football. And then wrapping up the show in the final hour, we'll talk about this Broncos game I'll give you my keys to the game, players to watch, and my predictions for the game tomorrow afternoon out in the Mile High City. But the phone lines are always open, 800-636-1067. If you want to hop in on the MGM National Harbor listener lines, feel free to tweet me as well, at Toby underscore Altizer. So let's start with this Chase Young thing. So Chase Young has officially been cleared. He's going to be active. He's going to be good to go on Sunday. I think that's good news. I know some people are saying, oh, you should sit out. You know, they got got chemistry without him. Why would you mess it up? Don't be that guy. Let's not be foolish. This guy was a number two overall pick for a reason. He's still got a lot of talent. I understand that basically since his rookie season, there haven't been good returns on that pick. I get all the reasons why people are frustrated because I think even the biggest Chase Young fans if they're being 100% honest, are a little bit frustrated as well. There's no way that you can act like you're not at least a little bit disappointed with what's happened with Chase Young thus far. And I get the stuff that happened the second year with the injury. You can point to that. He wasn't particularly good before the injury in his second year. So I understand all of that. But I got two questions for you. What are your expectations for Chase Young? Because I know some people were frustrated he wasn't able to suit up in week one. Again, understandably so. But I don't know that that was really his call. And if he just goes out there and plays the rest of the 16 games this year, which I think is a little bit lofty of an expectation, but if he just goes out there and plays the rest of the 16 games, then what's the big deal? Like you, Players miss one game. And I get when you miss the first game and it's the only game that's going on. It's a little frustrating. But if he goes out there and plays the rest of the 16 games, Not a big deal, in my opinion. But what are your expectations for him? How many sacks do you want to see from him? What do you really want to see on the field? And then the second question I have, and I know when I ask this question, a lot of people are going to immediately go, oh, the typical media thing. They're trying to hate on Chase Young, blah, blah, blah. But I need you to give me, just give me a little time to explain myself when we get to this question. But does this defense really need Chase Young? Does this defense really need Chase Young? We'll get to that just a little bit. But first, what are your expectations? 800-636-1067. You want to hop in on the MGM National Harbor listener lines, talking about Chase Young. What are your expectations for him now that he's been cleared and ready to go? This is a guy that can be an impact player. And I think people forget how good he was down the stretch of his rookie season. because. Since then, it's been a disaster, but if you go back and look, his last six games of his rookie season, starting with the week 11 game against the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving and then through the rest of the year, that includes that San Francisco game where he had a a fumble return for a touchdown. In those six games, like I said, he scored a touchdown on a fumble recovery. He forced two fumbles. He recovered three. He had five tackles for loss eight quarterback hits, four sacks, 19 tackles. That's a pretty good six-game stretch for a defensive end, especially in his rookie season. So this is a guy that can make a difference on the football field. And when you just look at Chase Young, if you've been out to training camp, if you've been out to a game, and you see this guy in person, he's just a different-looking guy because he's that much bigger than just about everybody else. He's just a different-looking guy because he's so built. He's so big. And so he's got the ability to do things that I don't know if other people have. And I think the commanders have two of those guys. I think Montez Sweat is a freak as well with what he's able to do. But what do you expect? Do you want him to be the guy that comes out here and gives you 10 sacks? Do you need him to just be on the field? Because I think if you want to talk about this as well, something that comes into this, is what does he have to do to earn the contract? So I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, trying to find the numbers right now, but Track projected out what a contract would be for Chase Young if he hit free agency going into this season, and they said four years, $71.5 million. That's a 17.8 average annual value. I don't know if I could pay that for Chase Young, even if he has a solid season. $18 million, I need a real difference maker at the defensive end position. I need a guy that's giving me 10 sacks pretty routinely or at least like nine, nine and a half because they projected Montez Sweat for 16.6 AAV. I don't even know if I could do that for Sweat unless he continues to have games like he did last week. But here's my point with Chase. Like, what do you want to see? Because for me, I need to see him wrecking games. And when I go to the end of this season, And we look at the stats of John Allen, De'Ron Payne, Montez Sweat, Chase Young. When we look at those sack numbers, I don't necessarily care how they are spread out if all the guys are making an impact. I think you almost have to look at the total numbers because I think John Allen gets the primary focus of of an offense. You cannot let John Allen blow up a game. And then second, if I'm an offensive coordinator going against this commander's team, I think i got to focus on Deron Payne because those are the two guys that have gotten paid, and in my opinion, they're probably the two best of those four. I've talked about Cam Curl, so I wouldn't say the two most important, but I'd say two of maybe the three most important with John Allen and Deron Payne, and then Cam Curl's in that conversation as well. But then it'd be Sweat, and then it'd probably be Chase Young just because I haven't seen it. But if that's the case, Chase Young's getting one-on-ones, Maybe Sweat's getting more attention than Young at this point. And so maybe Sweat's getting the tight end ship or the running back ship, and Chase Young's going one-on-one with a left or a right tackle. You better come up with some sacks. But here's the thing. I don't necessarily care what the numbers are specifically for Chase Young or even Montez Sweat. I need to know what this defensive line as a whole is doing. I need to have a huge number from those guys. And obviously in week one, you saw it from Montez Sweat getting the sack on Josh Dobbs. He tries to escape the pocket going out to the right. Montez Sweat sticks out his big old arm, sacks him with the help of, I believe, Abdullah Anderson. That's great. Obviously, lines up on the left tackle, beats him around the edge, strip sack, huge play in the game. And I think that's slept on. I think that's something that we need to talk about a little bit today as well is I was on the air with Linnell during the game on the Team 980. And I told him off air, and I, I brought it on to air once the, the play was made. I don't know that they win that game without the defense coming up and making some plays. Like, I, I just don't feel like, especially when it started to rain hard in the third quarter, the offense wasn't moving the ball, the defense had to come up and make a big play, whether it was a turnover, whether it was forcing them deep in their own territory, whatever the case may be, they needed to make a big play, and they finally did with Montez Sweat coming up with the strip sack. But I just need to see those sorts of plays from the defense. And it doesn't necessarily matter which one, because we can go back and rewatch the game and figure out, oh, okay, the reason Allen couldn't get there on that play is he's double-teamed, or the reason Payne couldn't get there, he's double-teamed on that play. Those sort of things are going to happen a lot. Those guys are going to get a lot of attention. But maybe it becomes a thing where Montez Sweat is just dominating in a contract year like he did against the Cardinals, and that continues to go on and on, and teams start saying, all right, well, we're going to have to slide some help on Montez Sweat's side. Or hopefully at some point when Chase Young comes back on the field, they're doing the same thing there. Because when you have four guys across that defensive front that should be able to dominate one-on-one matchups across the board, someone's going to get that one-on-one matchup. I mean, you cannot keep eight guys in protection to double team everyone. That's just not going to happen. Maybe you're chipping guys, but that's where this defense is beneficiary the the secondary is a beneficiary of this defensive line where they can play a little more aggressive because either they have to keep people in or the pass rush should get there very quickly. And that's why you hope with Emmanuel Forbes being the pick. I heard a guy call into AWire a little bit earlier and was frustrated that Emmanuel Forbes was the pick over Christian Gonzalez, and I I get it. I do, but I thought Forbes had a good first game. But that's why you should be able to work complementary of each other, and the pass rush is getting there quick. Manuel Forbes knows he can jump some routes because they're not going to have time to run those double moves. That's the sort of stuff that should happen, right? Those teams, the team working together defensively. And when you look at this defensive line, I don't think you want to look at individual stats. I think you want to look at them as a whole because I think so many times it's just going to be on who ultimately doesn't get the double team. And like I said, if you're looking at a pecking order of who, if I were an offensive coordinator of the Broncos or Sean Payton going up against the Commanders this week and these four guys are playing, the guy that I'm least likely to double team, at least at the start, is Chase Young. That should mean that Chase should make some big plays. The second least likely, Montez Sweat just because I have that much respect for John Allen and Deron Payne. But I think that all of these guys can eat, so to speak, right? I think all of these guys can have big numbers. But what do you want to see out of Chase? Because Chase has not been that same guy since his rookie season. His rookie season was good. There's no doubt about it. I think part of it is it got a little overinflated. I mean, seven and a half sacks is a good season. But it wasn't a great season. I think it was something where... If this were a third-year guy, it'd be a good season, a solid season. It wouldn't be a great season. As a rookie, it felt like a great season because this is something where he's the number two overall pick. He's a guy that comes in and makes a lot of plays. They were very obvious plays at times, especially the scoop and score. But the reason I say it seemed like a great season is, okay, he showed the potential of why he was drafted number two overall. Now take that next step. We haven't seen that next step. That's been the problem with Chase Young. We haven't seen that next step. And if anything, we've seen him go backwards. And I don't know what it is with Chase. I don't know what happened. I'm encouraged by the fact that this offseason, he and Montez Sweat went and worked out with his Ohio State coach. Because I do think that played a part in it. This is a guy that came out of Ohio State, a place that has created some monster defensive ends, think of the Bosa's, they're just fantastic. And Chase Young looked like he was the next one in that. But he wasn't able to get to that point. He wasn't able to take that next step. And part of me wonders if, you know, some of the fame and different things, and I think we all understand who Chase Young is at this point, But I I think some of that stuff got to his head, or maybe he didn't work as hard, whatever the case may be. Obviously, he skipped some of the voluntary workouts, rubbed people the wrong way, and it's kind of been turmoil ever since that rookie season over in Ashburn with Chase Young. But I'm interested to see what he can do because now he's not the household name. He's not in all the commercials. He's not everywhere on NFL ads, right? That's the thing about the National Football League and professional sports in general. It's a, what have you done for me lately? That's awesome that you had one good year. You know how many people in National Football League history have had one good year? Lots. You know how many people have been able to make a career of it? Those are the Hall of Famers. Those are the people that go to Pro Bowls. Those are the all pros. And Chase Young hasn't been able to do that. Chase Young has been the guy that had the one year. He won Defensive Rookie of the Year. That's awesome, Chase. But we need you to keep doing that. And here's the thing for Chase. His future isn't necessarily dependent upon what Washington wants to do. It's really dependent upon what he does on the field this year. Because guess what? If you're looking to get this $18 million that Track is projecting you to possibly get, $18 million a year, is someone going to give that to you if you have only racked up nine total sacks in your career and seven and a half came in your first season and you've barely been on the field in the last couple of years? And when you were on the field... You weren't very effective. So here's the thing, Chase. You have to go out there and show once again that you are a good pass rusher and working to become that dominant pass rusher that you were drafted number two overall to be. At this point, you need to see an effective football player. And that's the thing for Chase this year is not only is he playing for his job in the Burgundy and Gold, he's playing for his job in the NFL. Even if he has a bad year this year, he'll get signed somewhere. But it's a contract year. You got to make some cash. And if you go out there and give another subpar year like you did in your second year before he got hurt, no one's going to pay a huge number for you. This is a big year for Chase Young. What are your expectations for him? 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor Listener Lines. You can also tweet me at Toby underscore Altizer. want to hop in and talk about Chase Young, feel free to. Again, 800-636-1067. We'll take a break here. More Chase Young discussion comes up next.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.
0: LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: Welcome back. 106.7 The Fan, Team 980, Odyssey app. Toby Altizer with you up until 3 o'clock before we hand it over to the DOC, Rick Doc Walker. Take you up until Nationals baseball later this evening. Got college football. We'll discuss that coming up in a little bit. We'll talk about the game coming up tomorrow and give you my thoughts on what they need to do to come out with a victory. We'll talk about that in the final hour. But right now, we're talking about Chase Young. What are your expectations for him this season? So I want to read you something, because, again, people forget how good Chase Young was, and they discount it in his first season. But this wasn't something that he came in and it was just a local thing where people were hyped up and, oh, man, he's exciting. This was a national thing. People around the NFL were excited about what Chase Young did in his rookie season, and I couldn't remember where he came in on the NFL Top 100 list, again, voted on by the players. He came in at number 61 in his rookie season. Let me read you the excerpt from NFL.com on what they had to say after his rookie season. They said the NFL number two overall pick of the 2020 draft often looked like he was simply relying on his physical prowess in year one, and he was devastatingly good. Young's disruption while coming off the edge was a primary factor in Washington becoming one of the league's top defenses Not even a well-rounded stat line of seven and a half sacks, 10 tackles for loss, 44 tackles, four forced fumbles, four passes defense, three fumble recoveries, and a touchdown does the AP NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year justice. The best part, Young loves to talk, and he backs it up. He was getting recognition more than just in this area. He was someone that was recognized around the NFL. And I don't know if that just went to his head and slowed him down his second season or what happened, particularly, specifically, that just caused him to lose some of that dominance. But I mean, even in 2021, just he he played nine games for the people that want to say he was injured. He started nine games. And even if you want to take away the one he got injured in, so he played eight games and finished with a sack and a half. That's not acceptable. Three tackles for loss in eight games. Again, it it just wasn't the same guy. And I think it comes back to what I've talked about with this entire defense at times. And I think this is something that Chase struggled with specifically in that second year. And I'm excited to watch because I I don't know what to make of last year for Chase with the whole injury saga. I don't even know what to make of it. I kind of think it was just get back out there and show that you can play football again. So I don't even know if you can take anything away from the stats, of which there really aren't many for last season. Only played three games, started two games. But for me, for la- last season was just getting out there and playing. But I need to see that dominant player again. I need to see that guy that went out there in his rookie season and was an impact player. A guy that went out there and defenses had to account for him. And I know people like to look back and try to pretend that Washington made a stupid pick with Chase Young. And I understand. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. And you have Tua Tagovailoa going after. You have Justin Herbert going after. I get that. There was not one person that thought, maybe there were a few, but there were hardly anyone that thought that Chase Young at the number two overall pick was a bad idea, right? This is a guy that was coming out of college, and he was the number one overall pick until Cincinnati ended up at the top and took Joe Burrow, a guy that had a spectacular 2019 season, probably the greatest college football team of all time, or at least really close to that. So, yeah, of course, that guy goes number one. But the supposed generational pass rusher that does all the right things and has a lot of personality, goes number two overall. That's not shocking at all. And so I don't want to go back and pull revisionist history and act like they made the wrong pick. Now, things have happened since then that have shown that maybe it just wasn't the right idea or they haven't handled it the right way. But I don't have an issue with the draft pick at all. And I think Chase showed you that in his rookie season. But I don't know what has happened since then to change that. Because he was so good that rookie season, where he was able to go out there and make plays in the run game. He was able to go out there and obviously disrupt the pass game. And I think Chris Russell made a really good point on Twitter talking about Chase Young coming back this week. And it wasn't something where he might not have the sack numbers that you'd like, but he's going to have an impact in the run game. Let me pull up what Chris Russell had to say about him coming back this week. He said, As for Chase Young's debut, I think he can really help them in the run game more than pure pass rush. He likely won't be playing a pure pass rush package, and he obviously has strength and a frame to still hold up. Key to win is controlling Javante Williams and Samajay Pirine while pinning Russ. He goes on to say, Young had a cumulative run grade of 73.9 in three games last year per PFF and had an 828 and 84.5 run defense grade in his first two seasons. He's someone that's really good in both aspects of the game. He's really good in the run game. You'd hope that at some point you can start seeing some of that pass rush again. And that's why I think it's so disappointing that we didn't really get a chance to see him in the preseason all that much. We saw basically one or two pass rushes, a couple run plays. I think it was really only four plays. I think it was only something like that. He didn't play a whole lot before he had that stinger injury against the Browns. But I thought overall, he showed you some things. I mean, the the play they got hurt on. He beats Jedrick Wills, a very good left tackle in this football, in this this league. And so he has the juice. Now it's about going out there and showing it. And I'm interested to see against the Denver Broncos. I'd assume he's going to be on a snap count. So you got to kind of pick and choose where you're going to play him. But he has to go out there and make an impact. He has to be noticeable. Because here's the thing. If you don't notice that 99 is on the field on Sunday or in the subsequent, subsequent weeks, instead of having a James Smith-Williams out there, instead of having a Casey Tuhill out there, then that's a problem. It really is. Because 99 should free up space for sweat, for Allen, for pain, unlike any of those other guys. The other guys come on the field, and they might be able to make a play. James Smith-Williams had a really good week last week, according to PFF and their grades. Make of that what you will. But James Smith-Williams isn't a game wrecker like Chase Young should be. Chase needs to go out there and make plays. And for me, if I have to give you a number or some sort of way to judge it numerically on what I think is a good season, my expectations for Chase Young, I'd like to see at least over the 7.5, sacks. I'd like to see an improvement there. I think more importantly, he needs to make the game-wrecking plays that you just notice with your eyes. Where you're talking like, man, Chase Young is just disrupting everything about this. Because like I said, I think early on, he's not going to get the respect as a number two overall pick. That's so long ago. That was 2020. That was (laughs) pre-COVID. You know? like This is a guy that was drafted right when COVID was starting and I think we're past it at this point. I think we can say that. We're past it now. That's how long it's been since Chase Young has been that guy that drew that attention. He's not that guy anymore. John Allen gets the attention. De'Ron gets the attention. After last week, Montez is going to get the attention. So Chase Young just walking out onto the field and being that intimidating figure that he is, to us at least, that's not the case for the Broncos' offensive line. That's not the case for Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. They're not going to look at Chase Young and say, we're scared of that guy. They have to make sure that this guy comes out and makes an impact because if he's not more noticeable than James Smith-Williams and Casey Tuhill and Andre Jones and K.J. Henry, then at that point, you might as well just say, all right, dude, sorry, I'm glad that you can help us out, but I might need to develop some young guys because it's clear you're not going to be a part of this football team next year. Now, that's clear to say I don't think that's going to be the case. I think Chase is going to go out there and make some plays but he absolutely has to because his career at this point is on the line. Not to say he's going to be out of the league next year, but he has to go out there and make some plays. 800-636-1067 if you want to hop in. 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor Listener Lines. Let's Get to a phone call real quick here. Let's get out to Shane in Colorado. Shane, you going to the game? You out in Denver area? Shane, you there? All right, we got no Shane. All right, we'll take a quick break here. When we come back, I do want to talk about this. And I know what you're going to think when I ask the question, like I said earlier, oh, he doesn't like this team and blah, 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 all that stuff. No, no, no that's not the case. Does this defense need Chase Young? Does this defense need Chase Young? 800-636-1067, 800-636-1067. We'll hit a quick break. When we come back, I'll ask you that question, give you my thoughts
2: Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
1: Toby Altizer with you up until 3 o'clock here on the fan. Before we toss it over to the DOC, Rick Doc walker talking about Chase Young. Let's try this again. Let's get out to the phone lines, 800-636-1067 if you want to hop in. Let's get out to Shane in Colorado. Shane, what's going on, man? Hey, hey, great
3: show, great topic. Uh, It's a beautiful day here in Colorado. I hope it's beautiful back home in D.C. It is
1: beautiful in D.C. today.
3: Good, good, good. It's crazy out here with College Game Day and the whole nine. But that's why I'm out here because I'm going to the Commanders game. But love it. I'm over this Chase Young. Yeah, we're. Hey, I tell you what, the fans are back. We're starting to travel with the team now, and, and you know, Commanders Nation is, is. We're here, and it's and it's everywhere out here in Colorado.
1: That's awesome to hear because I wish I could get out there. I've been to Colorado just once, and it was fantastic going out there. You do anything else in Colorado while you're out
3: there? Oh, yeah, we're going to college game day. I'm going to do the Colorado game tonight. Uh, so, Colorado, Colorado State, so it's going to be fantastic, you know, atmosphere. So, it's football season. What can we say? I love God it. God bless us with uh, football.
1: So, what? what are but, your, uh, what's your take Chase on Chase? Young thing. Yeah, yeah.
3: Go ahead, boss. I'm sorry.
1: No, what's your take on the Chase Young thing? What do you want to see out of him, and what do you expect to Look, see out of him?
3: The thing: you've made more plays than Chase Young in the last two years. So, <laughs> I wouldn't get out there and not get hurt. Let's go there. Let's see if he can get up there and live up to the number two pick and and, and dominate. There's no excuses no more. He said his knee's absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. He said he's ready to go. He has the the two best interior linemen playing beside him in defense right now. There's no excuses no more. He's got a good secondary. He's You know, he's healthy, he says. I, I, look, here's the thing. I'm over Chase Young. I think we should just cut our loss now and start seeing what we can get out of him and trade him. I don't think he's going to have a 10-sack season this year. I'm lucky to see if he gets six sacks this year. That's my that's my thing. I'm taking the under on seven and a half. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a safer bet. Shane, appreciate the phone call, and hopefully you enjoy the game out there. I think that's true. Go volunteers. Go balls. <laughs> I I think that's true. I mean, if you had to choose, if the line was set at seven and a half sacks, I think the safer side is the under because we just haven't seen much get out to Proctor in Lake Anna. Proctor, what's going on, man? Hey, uh, I was just driving along listening to the show. I uh, if I remember correctly, I I thought I remember reports that said he was getting a lot of coaching in the second season and they were concerned about, you know, how he was playing responsibilities-wise. I think they coached him in to a sub-average season and uh, I mean, he's just like the the scouting report. He's got all the tools and he showed he showed that he, that he knew what to do with them the first season. And uh, I think it's more about an unexpected average season or poor season than it is about, you know, will he ever be good again? Proctor, appreciate the phone call. I think that's a really good point, And that's something that I wanted to talk about. I think what happened in his second season, I don't know if I would say it's coaching, but he did not play disciplined football. When you play on the defensive line, you have to play together as a unit. Both sides of the line, offensive line, you have to work together because you have to pick up guys and figure out who you're passing off and all that stuff. I'm not an offensive lineman, but I think you understand what I'm talking about, where you have to work together as a unit. If you have a bunch of C-level guys, I talk about this all the time, if you have a bunch of C-level guys, but they work together really well, you can make it almost an A unit on the offensive line just because you're working together as a team so well, and you're not always put on islands. It's similar on the defensive line where if three guys are doing one thing and one guy is just doing his own thing, it opens up holes for the quarterback to escape the pocket. And I think some of the stuff that happened with Chase in his second year is he started to go out there and do his own thing. He's like, I'm going to try to do this pass rush move, or he's just sprinting up the field and the tackle just loops him on around, and all of a sudden there's a huge gaping hole for the quarterback to escape the pocket. All those sorts of things happen with Chase. And I don't know if you remember this, but Warren Sapp was in camp last year. And I know Chase wasn't able to practice at that point. But Warren Sapp was in practice last year with the guys. And he talked about how these guys are really good, but they have to play together as a unit. They have to work together. And they didn't do that. And I think that's something you saw at the beginning of last year. And I think when this defense was at its best last season, the middle towards the end of the year, when they started to really lock in and become that dominant unit that was going to push this team to a playoff run if things didn't fall apart offensively at the end of the season. When you saw this team play the best is when that defensive line started to work in concert with one another. They weren't losing contain on the edges. They were all rushing in tandem. And in turn, there's just too much talent on the defensive line if they're working together and playing disciplined football for them not to get home to the quarterback. And that's what I think Chase Young needs to realize this season. If you work in concert with Allen and Payne and Sweat, there's too much talent there. There is not a single offensive line in the National Football League that can stop the four of them when they're all working together. If one of their guys slips their responsibility, then yeah, there's ways to get out. But if they're all working together and doing their jobs and filling their holes and filling their gaps, I'm going to bet on them every single day of the week. That's just the way that the NFL works. You don't have as stellar of offensive lines anymore because all the de- all the talent ends up going to the defensive edge room. That's why you see some of these freak athletes like a Micah Parsons, like the two that you have on this team and Chase Young and Montez Sweat just look like freakish athletes that can do the stuff that they do at that size. It's incredible. But they all have to work together. Because if they don't, the holes open up, the quarterback escapes, and it doesn't matter that you won on your move. If you go back and look at the play that Chase Young hurt himself on that I referenced earlier where he beats Jedrick Wills, he does a fantastic job of beating him, not getting too far up the field. He does a good job of getting to the quarterback. He probably still should make the sack. He got his hands on Deshaun Watson. But there was no one up the middle. Fedarian Mathis opens a hole and Deron Payne opened a hole. And so guess what? There's your escape. And what does Deshaun Watson do? Escape. If they all work in tandem, Chase Young makes that sack easily because Deshaun Watson has nowhere to go. That's what you have to do. If this team works in tandem with one another on the defensive line, Chase Young is going to be able to have a good season. And I think the entire defensive line will have a good season. The defense was so good last year when they worked together as a unit on that defensive line. If they don't, It just opens up so many opportunities for the offense where just because you have a lot of talent, it doesn't mean anything. Just because you have all that ability and you have freakish athletes, it doesn't mean anything if you're not keeping contain on the quarterback. That's going to be an important thing to watch this Sunday against Russell Wilson. The Broncos moved the pocket a bunch with Russell Wilson, and I know they didn't look great last week. But if there's one thing that I could take away from Russell Wilson's game last week is he looked a little more like Russell Wilson that we saw in Seattle. The guy that can move around a little bit, especially in the first half, he was decisive with the football. So if they're just going to open holes and let Russell Wilson run around and they have Jerry Judy back this week, it might be a long day for the defense. So I think when you look at Chase this year and you look at expectations, he has to play within the team. He has to play within the scheme of the defense, and if he does that, I would bet that he can get to that at least six-sack mark. I would bet even higher if he can stay on the football field because it's just naturally going to work that whoever the weak point on the line is, there's going to be some exploitation there. Sweat's going to win. Payne's going to win. Allen's going to win, and if he's out there, Chase Young's going to win. He's still a very talented player. My expectations for him this season, to be 100% honest, go out there, play disciplined team football, And this team is going to be that much better for it. Let's take a break. I want to get back to this discussion, though. Does this defense really need Chase Young? I think there's an interesting answer to this. We'll get to that next here on The Fan. Welcome back. 106.7 The Fan, Team 980, Odyssey app. Toby Altizer with you up until 3 o'clock. Wrapping up the first hour here talking about Chase Young. Feel free to hop in. 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. Or you can tweet me at Toby underscore Altizer. So here's the question, and I don't want you to make any assumption. I want you to hear me out before you think I'm trying to imply something here. But does does this defense need Chase Young? Does this defense need Chase Young? And my first answer is no, they do not. And the reason being, you saw last season, they were able to be a good defense without Chase Young. They're able to go out there and still make plays because you've still got three first-rounders on the defensive line up front. John Allen, Deron Payne, Montez Sweat. You've still got good players on the back end. Cam Curl is one of the most underrated players on defense in the entire league. Probably the most underrated safety in the entire league. You've got good corners. Benjamin St. Juice. Now you add in Emmanuel Forbes, Kendall Fuller. Linebackers are Suspect. But you you were a good defense last season without Chase. Now, here's why I ask this. Because do they need him? Not necessarily. But this defense could be next level good if Chase Young is out on the field and plays anywhere close to what he did in his rookie season. Because there's no chance any offensive line, and I mean any offensive line. Take your pick. Who do you think has the best offensive line in the league? The Eagles? I don't care if the Eagles have Lane Johnson, Jordan Mailata, Jason Kelsey, Landon Dickerson. I don't care if they got all these guys. There's no chance they're slowing down the front four of Chase Young, if he's Defensive Rookie of the Year type Chase Young, Montez Sweat, John Allen, and Deron Payne. I don't care. They're not slowing that down. And so that's my point. Do they need him? No. Do they become... An unstoppable defense if Chase Young plays disciplined and plays at the level he did his rookie year? Absolutely. So when I ask this question, it's not a diss on Chase Young. It's saying this. This defense can be a good defense without him. They need him to become that next level because he's the X factor on defense, in my opinion. Maybe you can make the argument that it's Montez Sweat if he takes that step forward. But I think that with Chase Young out on the football field, if he's making game-wrecking plays in the run game, they can't run the football his way. You definitely can't run it up the middle with Allen and Payne. And then Montez Sweat's good against the run as well. And if he's making plays in the passing game, where they're either forcing to chip, running backs have to stay in to help. One, you're limiting people in the pattern. And then two, you're slowing down people if they're getting out after a chip anyways. And you can play more aggressively Jack Del Rio doesn't have to sit back and zone all the time and play that zone match that he likes to play. If he wanted to, he could come up and play some press man and make them make plays. That's the thing about this defense. If Chase Young gets out there and plays anywhere near what he did in his rookie season, this defense could go from being a good defense like it was last year to a very good, borderline great defense because you have that X factor that pushes you across the top. That's the reason they drafted him. John Allen, first-round pick, great player. Derron Payne, first-round pick, great player. Montez Sweat, first-round pick, great player. So then why did they spend another draft pick, the number two overall pick, on Chase Young? It was to be the difference maker on defense. It was the guy to make all the plays, It was the guy to go out there and be the reason you win football games. That's why they brought him in. And if he can give you any level close to what he did his rookie season, I think you can have a defense that is much better than it was last year because it all works together. It all works together. In turn, maybe you're not having the sack numbers, but you get turnover numbers. If those guys are causing havoc all game long and quarterbacks are getting feel fearful back there, they're getting a little gun-shy back there, they start floating balls a little earlier than they'd like because they just can't feel comfortable in the pocket. If all those things start happening, Emmanuel Forbes, get that ball and make some plays like you did at Mississippi State. Cam Curl, come up and blow up some guys in the middle of the field. Force some fumbles. The defensive backfield is very good. I love the secondary this team has. And especially how effective that this secondary can be if they don't have to sit back there and cover a long time. If they can depend on the pass rush up front to get home with four like they should be able to with Young, Sweat, Payne, and Allen, then you're just looking at a totally different defense. It frees up the linebackers, and that's something that this this linebacking core just has to be better at. They have to be better. And I'd love to see Jack Del Rio get creative. If, you, if you're if you getting home with four, that's great. Third and five, bring a blitz. Find a way to bring Derek Forest down into the box and get him coming after the quarterback. Or do it with Cam Curl. In my opinion, if your linebackers aren't good against the run or against the pass, then blitz them. Have Jamin Davis come off the edge with Sweater Young. Have Jamin Davis come right up the middle. You know that Allen and Payne are getting double teams. That's the other thing that you can do with the blitz, is it doesn't have to be for Jamin Davis to get home to the quarterback. It doesn't have to be for Cody Barton to get home. It can force one-on-one matchups with the studs up front. So in my opinion, asking this question, do you need Chase Young? No, you don't. But if you want to be the elite defense that this team wants to be, The reason that Chase Young was drafted, they need him for that. He is the defensive X factor, in my opinion, this season. They can be a very good defense without him. I think they can be a great defense with him. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue talking about Chase Young. I do want to get into the NFL as a whole, also talk about some of the stuff going on with college football. We'll talk about that next here on The Fan.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue.